welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscape of wellness and social media. Hi, Liz. Hi. We're so glad you're here I'm with us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for, for having this me. Episode. So the first thing we do every week, because we are chatterboxes, is we want to have a little weekly catch-up. And we try to kind of snag a moment from one of our lives that was like, you know, interesting or pivotal and uh, have a little chat. So I wanted to share something today, guys. So yesterday, I posted about SoulCycle. So I love SoulCycle. Um, I have long been a SoulCycle fanatic. Um, It is one of my favorite workouts. I also really believe in them as a brand. I really really believe in what they do and their core values Mm -hmm. as a brand. And it was really disappointing, I know, for a lot of us um, what happened about a month, six weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. So just to bring our listeners up to speed, Stephen Ross, who is... um, one of the major stakeholders of the company that owns Equinox and Equinox owns SoulCycle. So he hosted a fundraiser for Trump. So everybody went on a big boycott of SoulCycle. Mm -hmm. Now, as an influencer, I think it's been really challenging to find where we all kind of like stand with this because I did want to stand up for a brand I believe in. I believe that the instructors shouldn't be punished. By the way, most of them are LGBT themselves, if not the most LGBT friendly people in the world. But I had a hard time because I posted about it that first day and then I got venom from so many of my followers, which I can understand because I'm obviously like I'm, I'm a very liberal person. I in no, in fact, one of the most, um, one of the meanest things you could say to me is that like, you know, that you support Trump. It's just my own personal politics. I don't believe in that. So for people to tell me that because I went to Soul Cycle, I was supporting Trump was really hurtful mm-hmm. to me. So I, but I backed off for a while because I understood it was a hot topic. And yesterday I decided to go back in. So I wanted to kind of put that out to the crowd here mm-hmm. and see if you guys have had a similar experience or like what you feel about that. I mean, I, Heidi here, in case you can't tell the difference between our voices and you're listening. Um, I also love SoulCycle. It's really my happy place um, for, you know, if I need a quick endorphin hit. Um, I love the brand values. I love how inclusive they are. I love a lot of things about SoulCycle. And, you know, it was disappointing. I think that the PR statement they put out was disappointing. Well, it was factually true. They used a financial term when they talked about a passive investor. So it made a lot of people be like, passive investor. Like people got really upset about mm-hmm. the wording. And they, people, I, I actually felt like people got like a little more upset about that PR statement than mm-hmm. the actual hmm. act that happened. I thought it was a, people really mm-hmm. got upset about that statement. So Liz, this is Megan here. You used to work. For Soul Cycle, so I would love to hear your stance on this topic. Yeah, um, so I was the senior director of content and communications at Soul. I too, it's been my happy place for. So many you would years. have been the person putting out this messaging if you well, were still on the job. I, I reported up to uh, the PR director um, and the CMO of the company, but I definitely would have been involved in those conversations and how to approach and handle it. Um, what I thought was really interesting, Heidi, was how the instructors took to their Instagrams yeah. to share their own point of view. And I wish, I wish that the world, you know, of Soul Cycle fans or um, Soul Curious people could have seen all of those messages because, to me, they did the best job of showing what the heart and soul of the brand is. I also just wanted to share a story, which I think is interesting, given this the the Trump. Um, 
uh, campaign party. My first day at SoulCycle fell um, on Monday before the election. And for all new employees, they do this really cool thing where they have you go do studio shifts. So you're literally behind the desk. You're wiping down the bikes after class. You're cleaning the shoes off the sweaty feet as cyclists come out of the room. You're checking them in. And so I got to um, the NoHo location at 6 a.m. the morning after Trump had won. Mm -hmm. And I watched people come through those doors in all states of emotion. You know, we live in New York City, so you can imagine the emotions were sad, not, not happy. And I just watched that amazing team act with complete professionalism. They didn't go down in the dirt. They didn't, you know, take Trump over the rakes when they really could have. And as you said, many of them are completely at odds with his values. And they really they took the high road and were just there to support people and help them heal and sort of process what had happened. So to me, when this whole thing erupted, that's like the side of Soul Cycle I wish people could have seen. And I really hope that it fizzles and passes. And because I believe that that's that's what the brand is really all about. Well, and I think, Heidi, again, I think that that's why brand values are so important. And SoulCycle is such an amazing example to me of a brand that has such strong brand values. And Liz, I so agree with you that I wish people could have known the instructors or Mm -hmm. that, I don't know, maybe Soul had like reposted instructors or what have you. But I'm so grateful to them as a company that they allowed their instructors to do that. Yeah, they empowered them to do that. Yes. And there was, there I think more companies than not would be like, nope, you got to be quiet. And like they would put a gag order mm-hmm. and you would right. be fired if you said anything. So I think it's like it speaks a lot I about cycle that they even allowed it. And that was their most powerful way to amplify their message. Right. It really came down to it. And it, uh, Christine here, um, it shows that it's just such a community and the people they hire and value and it just becomes one big family. And I think that really shows through people leave there in tears and mm-hmm. the emotions that come out of that room are so strong and it's it's like a it's like a cult following in, in an amazing way, but it's just it's you're so making me inspiring. want to go back to soul. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a I was and back to my original point is like I can understand though the people that wrote me especially and mm-hmm. to your point Liz if they have never experienced soul and all they can see is from the outside right people who wrote me very disappointed that they felt like I was valuing you know just like some fluffy workout over what I stand for and I can understand how they could think that what they don't understand is that there's a lot more points of the of the conversation it's deeper than that I am friends with so many of the ins- these instructors mm-hmm. and have seen them you know struggle through this and really try to find their own footing and so I just you know I understand where people are coming from though because there are two sides to this story and I, I do get it and and I've said politely to people this is where I kind of got courageous yesterday I said if you have to unfollow me over this I completely understand and I will not be offended and if seeing me on a bike at Seoul is going to really like put a bee in your bonnet, then you you probably should with no ill will. I just think probably you should unfollow me because this is where I'm choosing to land. Yeah. I Just one more thing on this note. Um, I was recently part of a wellness summit at the 92nd Street Y. We had all sorts of luminaries there in the wellness space speaking. And one of the keynote speakers that I interviewed who I invited to be part of it was Melanie Whelan, who's the CEO of SoulCycle. And this was just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I put out content on my Instagram, everything I'm doing, especially if I'm representing the brand. And I was really proud to bring Mel onto stage because she has been a huge influence and mentor in my life and has amazing wisdom to impart to people. So um, 
I do think, though, as leaders and people with platforms, we have to carefully consider what we're putting out there. Um, and I'm proud of you for like finding that courage inside. Um, and I agree with you. Like if somebody unfollowed me because they saw Mel and me on stage or with our arms around each other taking a picture on that step and repeat, I get it. And I respect them for that. But yeah. I'm also going to um, do what I believe in. I hear you. So I think that we should jump forward because we have a quick, fun segment to um, to get through before we jump into our topic of the day. Yeah. So every episode, we do something called Sweat This, and we bring things that we absolutely cannot live without. So without further ado, I'm going to bring up my first Sweat This, <laughs> which is, okay, listen, if you know anything about me, you know that I love Soul. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, Soul cool. Cycle, and also yeah. City Bike. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> Think that through. Um, and this helmet is called the Morpher, and apparently now it is available for sale, but my brother-in-law is addicted to GoFundMe, and he used to buy us so much, sorry, like, garbage. And, like, you would just, like I would come home from teaching at night, and I'd be like, what is this bag? <laughs> um, and this was the first day that I was like, this is amazing once I put it on. So it folds up so that if it's in anyone's bag, it snaps in, and it is so sturdy. So it's a collapsible helmet. Yes. By so helmet. genius. That's it really is cool. so sturdy. It's the most sturdy collapsible helmet. Like I, you know, when I first got City Bike, like we ordered Amazon bike helmets that were not Amazon brand, but just like anything from Amazon. And they were so flimsy and like they fell apart. And this thing, I've had this for, yeah, since like the day I met you. Yeah, I met you. <laughs> many years. And if you guys want to feel it, I know yeah. you at home can't, sorry, <laughs> but it's just really sturdy. Yeah, this is and cool. And it, it feels cool. good and it feels like I'm protected. And people's biggest thing with city bike is they ride without helmets because they don't want to carry a helmet right, around. Well, this folds like a transformer. So you just so collapse it and throw it in your bag. Yeah, it's All really fantastic. And then it like has a magnet to hold closed. And so, yeah, it really fits in most of my bag. Now so. I want to ride a real bike, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And it's in all of my bags. So. We are just inspiring you I'm to so inspired. ride. <laughs> um, Hi, Christine here. So my thing is I was trying to find a natural deodorant for mm -hmm. the longest time. And I know that there's this whole process that you have to have your body sort of detox. Even between regular deodorants, natural deodorants, there's like a – forget if it's like a few week period or a few months. But your body has to just get rid of everything it's used to that's blocking mm. or helping those toxins and get them out of your system. Anyway, cut to – I've tried a ton. And Pharmacy, Pharmacy with an F, it's a beauty, natural beauty brand that I love. And I was a little skeptical because it's sort of like a minty scent. It's not that strong. There's no, people will say charcoal has to be in it to help. And this one has, I've been using it for almost a year now. I took it on retreats with me, fitness, you know, working out two to three times a day. And I don't think I smell. <laughs> I mean, you smell I good. You smell like rainbows, I do Christine. Carry it. <laughs> rainbows. Rainbows. <laughs> and I carry it with me. I has seen me do this, but I do toss this in my bag all the time. And like, I, you know, I'm actually yeah, swipe like four times this morning. I, do. Okay. <laughs> I know. Because I think it's a, fa a matter of that it's not thick, it's not clumpy, and it also smells delicious. That's the mark of a great deodorant when you're putting it on. Yes. Like, I like no, she just smell. keeps yeah. smelling. Yeah. So like, I always just refresh a little bit, and it's not gross because I'm not smelling. You're I don't want to start putting. Your like hands in your <laughs> just like this. 
So anyway, pharmacy, they have other good products that you're, you'll probably see me talk about on here. But I love this brand. They don't sponsor me. They're not paying for anything. I just love them. I really do. And it's a natural beauty brand that um, I'm just so happy I found one because mm-hmm. I was that was one thing. That was one goal that I wanted to try to start to wean off was do it. And I did. So there you have it. Before we move on with more of these, I just want to point out that we all between like working at magazine, influencer work, we have access to so many products. So we really and truly have tried everything. (laughs) So when we love something, it's because like, it's the best of what's there. Yeah. That's such a great point. I can't even tell you like our, we call our apartment the warehouse. (laughs) You need to move to the suburbs with me, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) We just need another storage unit. I've got garages and attics, ladies. I'm so jealous. Storage envy. Serious storage envy because I literally just have to keep expanding to more storage (laughs) units because my apartment is, it seemed really big when we moved in and then I had two kids and Mm. now it seems really small. <laughs> so, okay. My sweat this. I feel like this is show and tell. It's so fun. Yeah. Okay. Four Sigmatic Mushroom Matcha Latte Mix. Mm. So, I hopped on the matcha latte train a long time ago. I am, like, the most obsessed matcha latte person. Um, I'm starting to, like, get a little more reasonable about it. I used to have to have, like, two a day, and it was, like, out of control. But I do love a matcha latte. And this particular – I've never found one that I can make at home that tastes – as good as when I go to like Chacha Matcha, which mm-hmm. I love. But this is amazing. Also, some of them have are very high in calories. Mm-hmm. So this one is not. And I will say this. So it has um, all of the Four Sigmatic products. And again, I don't necessarily work with them. I just really think it's a great brand. They all have these different mushroom, um, you know, like elements in them that are good for different things. But I think this is actually kind of like leaning into the topic we're going to talk about today because I'm going to be honest. I don't know why I am drinking the mushrooms that are in here, and I. And, but I'll tell people. But it's so good for me. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of it's like trendy to drink mushrooms right now. So <laughs> this is like a very good point. I'd rather you like, drink mushrooms and take mushrooms. Well, so. that was a different decade. That was a different decade in my life. And you know, if the walls are melting today, that was Jamie, nineteen ninety four. Correct. That's correct. But anyway, that's me. I love Megan's little shout. <laughs> okay, so this is Megan. Um, and I I am obsessed with sweaty bands. I think partly because my head is too small for my body. Like if I could just like put a little helium in my head and just blow it up one size of teeny because my headbands always fall off. I've got a small head, but really big biceps. Um, so my obsession is sweaty bands. I've been wearing them for like probably 12 years. I think my Q&A picture in Self Magazine headshot was me and in the first sweaty band that ever existed. Um, but they're velvet lined, so there are no slip. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so they call me headband girl at the gym because I'm pretty much never without one. They were like, oh, I saw it on TV and I didn't recognize you because you weren't headband girl. But I knew it was your scratchy voice. Yes, that's me. Um, but this one has lightning bolts. I'm um, They created it specially for me, um, it was at ISO, which makes me endlessly happy because Donna Browning, who created the company, is – just a badass bitch. Are we allowed to curse? Um, <laughs> and she, like, I have a new book coming out called The Fully Charged Life, and she made these in honor of me. Uh, so, and, and since I, I knew you? Liz Blosser was here today, and had to bring the bolts. We yeah. are both sisters. Yes. Bolt. We are both sisters. I brought it in honor of her, too. Love it. And that helps without making those ugly marks on your hands. Yeah, right? make those ugly right? marks. Yes. Like, it, it stays put. Yeah. yeah, it like it. They just because of this like nice. velvet lining, and they were the first company to do anything like that. There's there's copycats now, yeah. but like this was the OG. first sweaty bands were the OG best no slip headband that ever existed. Right, cool. and they have so many fun patterns. So we're gonna have to all get a custom for off the okay. ground. Okay, rainbows yes. for you. Oh, yes. done and done, <laughs> done and done. <laughs> 
Very cool. So okay. now we have our first guest, which is my friend, Liz Blosser. And I got to put on my favorite pink glasses to make sure I get all her creds right ah. because she is one accomplished woman. She is the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine, She's which just won a big award, which you need to tell us about. Yeah. Ad Week, Hottest Magazine of the Year. Hottest in Health, yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, stop it. <laughs> Sizzling over there in this seat. She's been passionately reporting and editing health, fitness, nutrition, sexual health, and mental health content for her entire career. You haven't asked me for an amazing package you did at Cosmo, yeah. a sex package back in the day. I know your resume. I do. Um, <laughs> and she has a 360-degree outlook on the wellness world, having worked across platforms at print magazines, Self, Cosmopolitan. We worked back at Self together back in the day. Yeah. She did videos with Cosmo Body. Yep. Um, she oversees all the content and strategy for brands. You did Canyon Ranch. You did Soul Cycle, And now you're the SVP of content in the digital space. Well, that was at Well and Good. That was my last job. Before. Last gig. Mm-hmm. And now get around. you are <laughs> Running the show, digital and print, boss lady at Woman's Health. Thanks, Megan. Yes. We are welcome. We love to have you. Thank you. So I can't wait to hear more. But uh, first, okay. <laughs> um, each of us has had brands ask us to lead a fitness class and at a fitness event. And this is a problem. Um, I think none of us, only one of us here is certified. Uh, the rise of the two fitness... Us. Two of us. Two, two of us. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> the rise of the fitness influ- influencer has created a dangerous culture. It's like a monkey see, monkey do. And the result is everything from injuries mm-hmm. to something that's called rhabdo, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of the super trendy landscape, how do you stay informed, fit, and safe? There's a big difference between fitness influencers and real deal trainers, namely experience and education. Mm-hmm. We jo- we're joined by Liz Flosser, editor-in-chief of Women Health, Women's Health Magazine, for an honest discussion of this alarming trend and how people can stay safe while getting their best sweat on. Yeah. So I was so I was the fitness director. This is Megan here. I was the fitness director of Self Magazine for almost nine years. The architect of the Self Challenge and many different programs. I'm an ACE certified American Council on Exercise mm-hmm. certified trainer for probably like fifteen or so years now. I have my kettlebell certification and my spin certification. Um, but I have many a story from my self days where an amazing workout, an amazing trainer with a huge following was pitched to me. And when I did a little digging, um, I can think of one in particular who ran a really wildly popular boot camp in New York City, had even been um, featured in a prominent newspaper article. Um, And the workout was pitched to me. And wow, it looked good on paper. When I did the digging and realized this person wasn't credentialed at all, it wasn't something I felt comfortable sharing with, you know, 3 million women. Mm -hmm. So do you run into that? How do you vet the talent in women's health? Do people trust you? Mm -hmm. You have a trust and authority. Yeah, it's so important to look under the hood and make sure that the the expert that you're going to be leveraging for the advice um, and moves and um, all the information that our readers take as the word of God, that that person has their certifications and really has gone through the trainings and the educations and is completely qualified to give advice that won't injure or harm um, readers. So we, we, we check that. Like we, we, it's like, do not pass go, do not create a memo, do not, you know, go down the rabbit hole of even thinking about what moves they might want to pitch to the magazine until we know that they have their ACE or they, their NASM or um, their CSCS. So super duper important. I would also add that um, we've really encouraged staffers to get their certifications, not because I want them to be out in the world training clients or leading exercise classes necessarily, though I can get into that because some of them do, um, but just 
to be able to have a level of knowledge that they can parse out the great trainers, the mm-hmm. exceptional trainers from the folks we should stay away from. Um, it helps, I think, in developing great content for our readers. And it also, and Megan, you know this because you spent hours, days, weeks on set. On set, if you know the biomechanics of how a move should be executed, you are the difference between putting a shot in the magazine or on your Instagram channel that is correct versus incorrect. And I take that responsibility very, very seriously that everything we do is perfect form um, and that we're not putting our readers in an unsafe position. We were talking about that too, Liz. And I think it's a big challenge is that what something looks like on set versus what something looks like in a photo is often wildly different. So you could have your wrist directly beneath your shoulder in a plank position on set. But when the camera captures that, it looks completely different. Right. So it's a lot of cheating and a lot of expert manipulation that has to happen on set to really, to to take an effective photo. I mean, Heidi, I feel like you've got a lot of experience with this. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, because I, you know, I shot for shape every week for years and years and years doing different yoga, you know, videos and photos. And the photos are way more challenging than the videos Mm -hmm. because of that very reason. It's like, just because I am in proper alignment doesn't mean it looks like it's proper alignment. So then you need like a team of people who know what they're looking for in the camera mm-hmm. to say, nope, you have to move your arm forward. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm totally out of form. Nope. And you feel like, like Superman in- because your your arm is like <laughs> yeah. five feet ahead of you. And you're like, okay, but that looks perfect on camera. Now you're trying to do that like on a beach or a jetty with like the sun beating down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, just five more inches. And you're like, what? I'm flying. That's not a blank. And it's like, no, it looks perfect on film. Go, go, go. Totally. But it's, and, and to that point, like, I'd be really curious about like your different experiences with the different publications if it varies from publication to publication on like the importance mm-hmm. of that everyone and- that we worked at <laughs> really valued form yes <laughs> that's great because i was telling the girls earlier today that i was interviewed for i'm not going to name the magazine um but it's a big one and i made them promise that this article that i was giving them the information for that that i would have final say on the photos that i would have approval of the photos you know ideally i'd be on set making sure the person was doing it right but you know if mm-hmm. they're not here and that's not a possibility then i need approval to make sure that people aren't going to be hurting themselves right. based on these photos cuz they're my words and it's my name so that's you know (laughs) and I got a Google alert this morning that it was published and I'd never seen any of the photos and they weren't in form and it's crazy at this point it's just like what how do like that's crazy because those people could anybody who the millions of people that read their stuff could read this look at the photos and potentially hurt themselves because the person demoing the moves wasn't in proper form Mm -hmm. like have you ever had that happen where somebody calls you after it's out there or Um, we've definitely had film come in where I, you know, I no longer go to set to, as we say in the industry, fit tech the moves. Um, this, another reason why I think it's really important to either have an editor on staff who has that certification in my dream world, the trainer like you, the yogi who created the workout and has all the certifications would actually be on set, making sure that it's executed properly. That's not always possible. Just, mm-hmm. you know, the and it's hard to fit tech yourself too. It's really hard. You, yeah. You're like running back and forth yeah, yeah, looking at the right. camera. Exactly. Um, so there have been shoots film that I've had to kill because we couldn't find one, no matter how hard we looked and you know, how we tried to, um, make it work. You just, sometimes you can't. So, but I would rather do that 
than print something that, as you said, could put people at risk. And I will say another challenge coming off of this is Megan with the scratchy voice. That's how you'll know me. Um, a big challenge for me when I was working at Self was we're often shooting models mm, versus yes. trainers, like, right. or we're working with a celebrity right. who is now doing fitness moves, and that is that adds another layer layer of oh my goodness. <laughs> This person is skinny fat. They have no muscle tone. I've never worked out a day in their life. And now I'm hold, telling they, them to hold yeah. a plank and in like 90 degree seconds, heat like, on a beach oh. in Costa Rica. Right. But I think this is also why like why magazines, you know, still need to be highly valued as credible sources because so many people, many people have given up reading, you know, um, magazines or outlets that have journalistic integrity uh, you know, in favor of just watching influencers. Mm-hmm. And these influencers might be breaking down a move or telling you how to do it, but they might be coming from a place where they have no idea what they're talking about. So there are checks and balances in place on the editorial side that are going to keep people safe. Definitely. And to our influencer point, which I need to know your opinion on this, all these influencers and, you know, myself included, I've been asked to teach classes or host a fitness class and I have no right doing that. I have no business doing that. I will take the class all day long with you, but I would never want to host it and have people think that I am certified to teach that. How do you see a lot of that happening or even have you gone to events like that? Yes. I, I have been asked whether it's, um, a brand, you know, not a fitness affiliate, but they want to tack a workout onto their press event and they're like, Liz, can you come lead it? Or they'll tap one of my other editors to do that. My, the way we handle it is to say, I'll do it. I'll be next to you or I'll be in the front row or I'll give the little intro, but I am not a fitness instructor. I do not have that certification. Such a difference between being a person who's passionate about wellness and fitness and you've gone the extra mile to be educated. But still, our day jobs Mm -hmm. are very different from that of an instructor Mm -hmm. or a trainer who makes their livelihood by doing that. Um, So we say no to those opportunities. I don't want I I personally won't stand up in front of the room and do that. But I do want to point out that um, we have a newish health director at Women's Health. Um, She's had her personal training certification for years and she just completed her instructor certification. Um, And she subs for Megan Roop, the dance cardio (laughs) Darling, her, yeah, she's right her. here at Energy, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Jack has become in her free time an instructor. And I was talking to her before I came over just to find out what that journey has been like. And she says that it, when she talks to Megan, it could take years to become confident and comfortable and to really be a great leader in the front of the room. So to ask a, to pluck an editor out of their seat or an influencer who makes beautiful Instagram images mm-hmm. and expect them to be able to perform at the level of a, a fitness instructor who's devoted their life to it. There's just, I mean, it's a huge difference. Yeah. So to that point as well, to circle back to the set thing, have you ever showed up to set? Like maybe you dropped by whatever and somebody who is this like big influencer with like hundreds of thousands of followers or millions that does fitness moves or a celebrity or, you know, uh-huh. anyone... Um, and they couldn't do the moves on set. Has that ever happened? Um, definitely with celebrities. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, it happens sure with yoga with, all the time. That's what I Yeah. Yeah. It definitely happens all the time. I think that's one thing. And I think we've been in this business long enough that we've come to expect that. Right, Megan? Oh, that goodness. Yeah. You, you can't go in and expect that, um. I also think like doing moves in a class is way different oh, yeah. than doing you, moves yeah. on a set. When you have lights I mean, on you, you and, lights you're and, you're, a... and you're asking you to hold things yeah. like right. for 
five minutes so that I can shoot you from every possible angle, and now I want to change your shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's totally. a whole different world, right? Now I'm zhuzhing, I'm fixing your hair. Yeah. While you're oh, in no, the you're sweating, yeah. back to makeup. Like, it's, it's not the same experience of being in a class and kicking ass. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, but one thing I learned... Um, Speaking of stories and arriving on set and being surprised, <laughs> um, I won't name names, but um, as Megan said, I worked on Cosmo Body, which was a streaming fitness channel slash platform um, that launched about five years ago. And sadly, may it rest in peace. Um, I think it was, it was a, really good. It was, it was really good. good. I remember. It was, it was yeah. a bit ahead of its time. Um, but man, if I could go back in time and how we cast the talent, um, because there's a difference even between being an awesome instructor in a fitness class mm-hmm. and then putting a camera mm-hmm. in front of that person and expecting them to do it. I've had this Megan again with the scratchy voice. <laughs> I've had, I had a favorite, favorite, favorite Equinox instructor who I was obsessed with. Yep. Turn the camera on her. And I was like, where did you go? Yes. That's, what yeah. that's exactly what happened. Oh my God, what's like, happening oh. though? Because I was like, we've already, we've signed the contract. The person is yeah. getting the paid. We're like, done. the dishes You're are done. This, yeah. We're going to make this work one way or another. And, it was a brutal, brutal road, both for this person and for us as the content creators. So I learned a lot of lessons about um, just like screening people, rehearsing, auditioning them. It's it's, it's like it's a vicious important. cycle because I think that's yeah. the reason why they go to these influencers and these celebrities and these models because they want them to look like your kick-ass instructor, like making, you know, kick-ass instructor, but they don't on camera. and. Right. It's just I don't know how there's it's there's got to be a way to go around it, but it's sort of a crazy cycle that's happening yeah. right now. And also, like being comfortable speaking to a video camera is very different oh, than class. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. People just completely because go blank when they're yeah, and the other thing, there's, too, there's no energy. Like so <laughs> a lot of instructors thrive on the energy of a room. Totally. Yeah, so totally. when you're performing for a camera versus mm-hmm. a bunch of people who are really psyched to be in the front row of your class, mm-hmm. that can really put a damper on things very fast. Yeah. I went to a class the other day. It was like a big influencer class. Um, it was like they had four like huge influencers, like, but like those huge, huge, like mm-hmm. 12 million followers type influencers, like those like fitness mm. gals, right? And I, we arrived, we had been invited, um, my husband and I, and the line was like around the block and down the, it was like crazy. Like the, the consumers that showed up to be a part of this class as well as, as those of us who were like invited. So we all, we kind of get in there and we, we go off with our, uh, each one of the four of them is teaching an individual class. So I go into the, the one room with this one girl and, um, she is one of the most, I don't think I should say who it is, but she, and, and, and sometimes I'll speak my mind with these things, but I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but just suffice it to say that she's somebody that it has like 12 million followers and she's, she's, she's does her thing. She gets in this class and she actually said over the mic, she was like, I hope this is okay. I've, I've actually never taught group fitness before. Oh my God. So like, you know, and, but like, that's not really her responsibility. They hired her to teach group fitness. It's not really her fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's a certified instructor. Yeah. She has developed, she's very good at Instagram. Right. That is her function. Okay. Yeah. And she might be really good at exercise. She might be good at exercise, but she she does not know how to command a room. What if somebody's form is off and they end up getting hurt because it's, it is one thing to, to keep an eye on like, 30 or 40 people at one time. That's a real skill set. So, you know, and and to your point, I'm in the middle of getting my NASM certification so I can more accurately deliver information and trends that I curate Mm -hmm. and different stuff out on NYC FitFam because I want to be educated. I have no intention of teaching class, um, nor would I ever say that I'm good at doing that or that I'm 
well-versed in that way. Do you know what's going to happen when you get your certification? <laughs> uh, this is what I found once I got mine. All these people started coming out of the woodwork. My mother-in-law, my little <laughs> sister, my little brother. They're like, will you make me a plan? Will you take me to the gym and train with me? And I wonder, does that happen to you? No, my family's the opposite. Of They're like, um, what is your friend Jillian Michaels think? Um, can you ask Tone It Up to do? But I was, I was talking with some of the other editors in the office that have their certifications, and the same thing happens to them. And on the one hand, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to be that inspiration in your friend group or amongst your family members. On the other hand... I don't have the tools, nor do I have the time, to create like a really coherent plan that builds them up properly, you know, to do that initial assessment that I need to do. So I try to keep it general. And I also give the caveat, I'm not a trainer. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, but I can share you what share with you what works for me. But can I also say what I love about you, Liz, I find you highly motivating. Like I just want to do pull-ups now. I want to get a bike helmet, <laughs> ride a real bike, go to Soul Cycle, <laughs> and do pull-ups by virtue of being in your company, ladies. But I think that's like I think of that as my job. My mm -hmm. job is to get people off the couch, however yeah. that happens. And if they have good form, even better. Totally. But my job is just to get people excited about exercise. Yeah. I don't want to be an instructor necessarily, although I know a shit ton about <laughs> exercise. Yeah. Um, but I want to motivate people. And totally. I think that's what you do. Thank you, really, Megan. Really, well. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did. I started this summer um, a pull-up challenge. I set a, a goal for myself to be able to execute one pull-up. something I've wanted to do since I was in high school. Because it feels so badass. It feels so badass <laughs> when you get your chin above the bar. Um, and I worked really hard with a trainer who gave me a plan and I drilled and I drilled and I got there. And Wait, now you do more than one. Come now on, I'm brag, up to five. Brag, I'm up to five. Not there. Teach us your ways, girl. And that is so much harder than it looks. It's so like hard. One is hard. So, you can be so fact, fit, but it's, it's and you about lose, breaking the mood down. You and, lose that fitness very quick. I used to be able to do eight, and so now quick. I can't do – like, I do shake on one. I know. You lose it. I went on vacation, and I – yeah, I pretty much lost it. But I'm trying to get it back. But it has really created so much engagement with my following. So many people are – Sending me videos of them getting their first push up, pull up, or asking, What did you do? What was your plan? Which we're going to post on womenshealthmag.com. Um, so that's awesome. But I also find when I'm choosing which pull ups to show on my gram, um, or like this morning, I did a workout with the mirror, which is one of my, my favorite exercise tools. Um, I did an Instagram story where I showed a few of the moves. You know, I had a bunch to choose from, and I took, I had, I felt like I had a responsibility to pick the ones where my form was the best because, no, I'm just a mere mortal. I'm a human. I'm not out there pretending to, you know, be a, a big deal trainer. But people do follow us. And as Megan, we've and the rest of us, have, we've set ourselves up as influencers in this space. And I think we have a responsibility to do the very best we can, whatever's in our power, to show people the right way to do it. Anyway, the trainer whose workout I'd done on the mirror, Chris Ryan, he then you know, added my, some of my moves to his Instagram story. And he pointed out that my form was perfect. And I was Yay! like, yes! Yes! my day has been made and the perfect day for it. Cause I'm going to talk about just this issue. <laughs> well, I love that. I think it's a great place maybe for us to kind of wrap, but I think it just like speaks to the point that, you know, as influencers, we also shouldn't have to feel scared to post the things yeah. that we do and motivate other people because that's what we're here to do. Do you know, you know what I mean? A thousand percent. But I did want to like circle it all in with a question of like, if you could like give a tip or, you know, words of wisdom about people who really don't know anything about fitness, but they love following, you know, fitness focused accounts. Like, 
what should they look for if they want to copy someone's workout versus being inspired by the workout? Mm-hmm. Do you have like, you know, red flags or pointers? Cause like my red flag for a yoga person is like, if they post a picture in a warrior pose and their knee is beyond their ankle, mm-hmm. like do not follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty simple. <laughs> well, I would say check their Instagram bio first and foremost. Um, let people lie. <laughs> Oh, no. oh, oh yes. You guys, when I was casting the Microsoft <gasps> Encyclopedia, every model said they were a yoga instructor and they didn't know what a sun salutation was. They couldn't do anything. So, sorry. You can say no, anything you want on Instagram. Nobody's yeah, – no, there's true. No, no one's fact-checking that. That's the problem. That. There's no – rule. Christine here. There's no rules. And I, a lot of times I do – like I'll grab a Heidi because I'm like, oh, I want to do a yoga picture, but I want you in it with me and I want – like that just heightens it. That just makes I it so if legit. If the blue check on a fitness pro helps at all, if they're verified in any way, I wonder if Instagram kind of looks at that no. in any way, shape, or form. All right, we got to get on Instagram because mm, yeah. maybe there's like a little fitness button we can campaign to get them yeah. to make that like says certified. Hey, certified. I, yeah. I think at the end of the day, be inspired by follow the people who inspire you. But if you are Wanting to follow workouts that are tried and true, that have that high integrity, that have been vetted by the real experts, come to brands like Good Housekeeping, Women's Health, Men's Health, places that take it super duper seriously because you know you're going to get the real thing there. Is there is there like a list? I guess I don't want to say, I guess maybe not single brands out, but I just wonder like, you know, you said those two, but I feel like there's a lot of now platforms. So do you apply that to like, you know, well and good, and like not to single them out. I'm just but saying, you like, work there too. Like, I so. <laughs> know that's, that's legit. Right. That's right. <laughs> but like that's websites, right. print, publications, there's so much. Everything is just so saturated now. Yeah. So do you think like just print fitness or? No, 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 no. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say just print, um, mm-hmm. especially because most brands are completely integrated. At least mm-hmm. our brands are. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what we do in the magazine then has its own life on digital and sometimes what we've created for digital actually then we scoop up and print later in the magazine um i think it's i mean maybe we need to make a directory of reputable sources or something i'm sure that ace and nasm and, and the organizations too probably have a directory of, of legit trainers we should I, i'm now i gotta do outreach because now yeah i'm, I'm curious about this up. too and i'm mad about the bio thing yeah it's you can lie and you can say whatever you want um yeah, you can say whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, think about it. You're just writing it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, like, a lot of people, I mean, I keep bringing this tidy. I keep bringing it back to yoga because that's what I know. Right. I, you know, I know that, like, I, the first personal training session that I went to at a sports club, um, mm-hmm. I actually wound up in the hospital because the guy made me bench press something that was so inappropriate oh. for my Because you body look so weight. fit and strong. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I did then, but it was many, many years ago. But thanks, Megan. Um, <laughs> my point is, is just because somebody has a cert, like that person had done a weekend certification yeah. for the gym and then was throwing like three times my body weight for me to bench well, press to like make himself look like I was getting a hard workout. So. I think it's a great reminder to do your due diligence. Um how many clients do they have? Do they have referrals? Do they have a website? Like, kind of go down that rabbit hole and see who are have they been recommending classes ever. Exactly, exactly. And a, a person like a Megan Roop um, or a great trainer will definitely have taken the time to build that out and show that this is, you know, this is their life's passion, and they're not just a Joe Schmo mm-hmm. up the street kind of. Love that. I love it. it. I love it. Love it. <laughs> So, um, back to us Joe Schmoes. So we just <laughs> I wish we had you longer. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's fun. I know. It's super fun. And we just want to know a couple things about you, like, super quick. So we do a lightning round every week. We ask three questions. Okay. 
first thing that comes to your mind is your answer. Okay. Are you ready? <sighs> Yoga <laughs> breath. Plenty yes, of breath. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a hard one. Okay. Favorite workout? Strength training. Night or morning workout? Morning. Always. What's your, what is the, what's the women's health hashtag? Own your morning. Own your morning. Yes. Own good your morning. Like and finally, <laughs> coffee, tea, or matcha? Coffee. Done. Ding, ding, Those ding, are ding, so ding. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks guys so much. And the last oh. question that we have is, okay, so again, yoga nerd, mm-hmm. um, karma in Sanskrit actually means action. Mm-hmm. So we would love for you to give all of our viewers and listeners one actionable item. So like something. Yeah, something that, that they can do very simple this week. So like we talked on our last episode about like pick one corner of your room and Marie Kondo right. the shit out of it. Although Megan or doesn't. I say Megan Murphy. Megan Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, Megan Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> right? Or uh, it could be as simple as uh, meditate every day mm-hmm. or journal every morning. So is there something that you do like as a simple practice? This is our karma call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, maybe this isn't spiritual, though it is to me, um, something I've begun doing recently is preparing my kids' lunches the night before. Game changer. Game changer in my life. I I mean, come on. It doesn't take very long, but somehow having that hanging over my head when we're like scrambling in the morning, now that I do it at night, I wake up and I just have this like, ah, like the morning is... Liz, can I I give you a little mom hack? Yeah. You can have sandwiches delivered. Yes, for lunch. That is genius. Oh, I, I need, I need I have, Okay, so this. Jersey Mike's is a uh, sandwich yes. chain. And I have sandwiches delivered. That's so smart. And then I put them in the lunch box. <laughs> <laughs> That's that genius. even changed my life. Yes. But I think whether or not you have kids, if you could do something the night before, yeah. set out your workout clothes if you're a morning worker outer, make your overnight oats, pop them in the mm-hmm. fridge. Do something at night so you go to bed knowing you have a healthy, happy thing waiting for you in the morning that's going to make it go more smoothly. I love that. Own your morning. Own your morning. Well, Liz Plasser, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So great. Yay. All right. Don't forget to subscribe (laughs) and follow us at Off The Gram Podcast on Instagram. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Yay. (laughs) 